Welcome to Bites of Light with Angel and Seth Rohr. We provide bite-sized nuggets of wisdom to feed your soul, expand your awareness, and free your mind to help you create a more beautiful today and a brighter tomorrow. Join us in our magical kitchen as we serve up another high-vibe snack for your soul. Welcome to another episode of Bites of Light, Snacks for Your Soul. And today we have Jennifer Falci with us, another featured author of our book, Bites of Light, Evolving Leadership for Spiritual Entrepreneur. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. It's so great to have a little chat with you and tell our listeners how this collaboration came to be in our storyline. So I'm going to pass it over to Seth because yeah. that's where it started. Yeah, well, really, it started before that, because I was just going about my day back in December, probably not even that late, it was probably January, and you said, hey, this this friend of mine is doing a collaboration book, and you should go write in it, because I can't, and I said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that, that is where it started. That's where it really started. Yeah, that's true. So I said yes to this hit that you got. And that put me writing in Stephanie Urbina Jones's book with and Jeremy Pager with Jen. And we had the opportunity to spend some time in, in Teotihuacan, Mexico. Mm -hmm. And it's always amazing to spend time in a place like that doing inner work and opening our heart spaces and the connections that happen. Like you if you ever go on one of those journeys with us or with someone else, the group that you're with, you find that you just connect to those people because you're opening up your heart space in a way that you don't usually do in your day-to-day -day life. And it's the way we're intended to. So it's a great opportunity to practice opening that, connecting to people and experiencing how life is possible, what's possible with that love, that connection of, of unconditional love. So that is where I met Jen and it was great, you know, just amazing to get to be in that space with you and get to know you deeper. And I was so impressed by your story and what you have going on and how far you've come and how much work you've done that when we were talking about authors for our book, I said, I know somebody who needs to write in this book because your story is so great and it just needs to be heard along with every, you know, these other authors that are writing in the book. So, so I reached out, even though you were, you and I were both already into another project, which is, again, I'm not sure why I was told to go write in another book while we were trying to launch a book. But, Perhaps it uh, was also to find Jen. <laughs> right. So anyway, I just did it. I'm like, all right, it's just more stuff. We'll just do it. So, yeah. So then, yeah, we got to spend a lot of time together and had some opportunity to really connect even deeper and, that was very, that, that meant a lot to me that, that we had that opportunity that, that you had the trust in me that you could ask me to go deeper with you. So then that led to me wanting to ask you to go deeper with us and, and write in this book and create this masterpiece. How was it for you on yeah. your side? What was your perception of the whole thing? Well, it's interesting. I actually found you before Teo. So a group that I'm in created this podcast called Cups of Consciousness. We all, you know, voted on the names, you know, just came up with, with that idea. And so Cups of Consciousness. And in my head, my jokester head, I'm like, well, we need snacks. You know, what are we going to have besides cups of... And then, you know, 
I'll be at Facebook, bam, <laughs> snacks for the soul. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here's a podcast that has food. <laughs> so we have the drink, the cups of consciousness, and then the, the bites of light. So that's that was the irony of it. And it kept popping up. And, and I didn't know either one of you. And I didn't know, you, you know, this Teo thing would happen. So then coming to Teo, it like started to connect. And, and I kind of thought when I saw the initial um, snacks for the soul, I'm like, I think I might do that. But it made no sense, right? I felt the calling when, when that popped up. So then the Teo experience, right, opened it opened it up. And I, I really do appreciate those opportunities where we get to leave our, our life, you know, even though we take it all with us. But places like Teotihuacan, where it's really, the space is designated, is created, is intended for us to open up to each other and have that time, not just to sink in deep with our own self, but with others. Mm -hmm. And I'm... I knew a handful of people. I kind of am very inward, but I wanted to have a conversation with you. And then they just opened up and I was really encouraged by your ability to listen and hold that space as a, as a divine masculine. And then the encouragement, it didn't happen in the moment. It's like the frequency comes in and it does its thing. And, and then when I was home by myself, some of the conversation, the words that right, came back and it really did help me to write that sacred rebel chapter in a deeper way. I had the courage to go th in a certain path, even though it was channeled to me on the airplane, I had the courage to keep moving forward with it because of that connection and the content of the conversation. So I thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. Very welcome. And then we circle back around to here and... <laughs> multitasking right the multi-dimensional beings that we are write one almost finish one start another and right off off we've gone and here we are like what just not even i don't even a week a week and a couple days to publishing i don't know where that space yeah in not, from, i'm but... not sure exactly when this episode will air but yeah from the time of recording we got just another week and a half ish yeah 10 yeah. days yeah, no. yeah, and it was a beautiful compliment, this chapter. So the, this this Shaman Heart Sacred Rebel chapter was really about, in a lot of ways, the content of all of my life. And I knew it would be the last time I revisited it in that way, that it was finished in some way, but I didn't know how it would be finished. So then writing this chapter actually showed me how that, life was closed and all of that trauma work and all of it. I mean, we always have little bits to do. I mean, it's never done, but how that whole thing was finished. And this was an opportunity to, to speak from the actual present moment where I am at right here and now with this journey and saying goodbye to all of that and, and the, the challenges, right. Of what evolves when you shift from one way of being to another and the, the learning right? That's involved always. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a commitment to self in there because it does come with challenges, right? The reward is great. The reward is almost unimaginable for most people, but the challenges can be equal to that at times. Like it can feel almost impossible and you've got to experience what it's like to say, I don't 
it's not, it is possible. And I'm going to take that next step because I have faith that it's going to turn out in my best interest. And, and when it does, it's worth it. All of it's worth it. You know, we talk about that a lot because it's so true. Mm -hmm. As we, as we push through, we find unimaginable joys and new deeper levels of connection. Like we, We used to think that we could love with all of our being until we discovered that we didn't, we weren't even aware of all of our being. How could we love with all of it? if We don't even aware of all of it, you know, so. And did we really know what love was when we were thinking that at the time, right? That has evolved on its own. And it's those yeses that open the door, right? To the unimaginable. Absolutely. Having the courage to say yes to whatever shows up, right? Yeah. And we're definitely grateful that you said yes. We're very grateful to have you on this project with us. Very grateful just to have you in life with us, connected in life and and doing this work and spreading this message of, of that connection to source, that getting out of our own way. It's, it's a message that <clears throat> there's we can't have too many people out there spreading the message. Well, yeah. and we'll go through these big, huge well, what they would call the hero's journey, you know, in in the old language, that's what it was. You know, when you come out the other sides, then you get to play and experiment and learn what your gifts are. Mm -hmm. So why don't you share with us what those gifts kind of showed up like for you? And, and, you know, how are you moving forward in this new space? Wow. Yes. (laughs) That's a question, huh? Well, it's interesting. I want to say that when I said yes to the book, I really didn't have an understanding of evolving leadership, well, evolving leadership, but the spiritual entrepreneur, that was all a mouthful for me. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I can't even begin. I can't. Right. Right. So it's, it's interesting what's happened because it's always a process that that's doing us right? We think we're writing a chapter and we're doing it for whatever. No, no, no. It's always doing us. So what I've recognized, and and some of it came from from the the interview this week with with some of the other authors, but I've been starting to see it, but didn't have the language for it. And it just connected. This is the new path. Like I'm living into what, not just what I wrote, because I have to, they're my words, right? I have to live them or eat them. But the concept of of that spiritual entrepreneur, it's evolving, it's happening. I'm like in communities and I'm like, how did I, how did I get here? You know, well, I'm doing this thing and this thing over here and it it wouldn't make sense to someone else, but it is exactly that. It is that what I call the vibrational leader that when we have invested enough in ourselves, and expanded our capacity to hold unconditional love, which I call our frequency, our, our gold standard. And we're stable, which this chapter was about finding that stability, that still point, that, and then the tools to stay there. We then can go out there. And we don't go out there and find more of us to hang out with, right? We go out there where we live, right? And step out and, and get involved in something or we're, you know, invited into something that we say yes to, and then it opens up doors for those gifts to come in. And and one of the gifts I'm watching unfold is the same practice that came through this chapter, 
which is that inner awareness and that presence. So that staying in that still zero point stillness, right? Always having access to all options, observing yourself, staying there long enough, right? To, to know it, it then happens out in community. So I'm on some little projects here and there, you know, and, and I'm like watching what happens and watching myself as a mini leader. I mean, we're all leaders, but when you're called forth, you're the one who, who shares in that holding of the frequency and holding the container and encouraging people to step up, right? So that everyone can, can have that, that leadership. But I'm watching, it's the observer again in a community when disharmony surfaces, right? Instead of the old me that would have followed that thread, right? To have that conversation and who's right and who's wrong. No, that's, it's all this observing and going, hmm, interesting. This is surfaced. There's some deep wounds here. This is coming up to be looked at and to be held and to be cleared. And that's kind of what this observer allows me to do out there now versus reacting. I can respond. I can hold the space. I can breathe through it <laughs> mm -hmm. and allow solutions to come in, right? That are different than anyone could has ever had, you know, as a possibility for resolving stuff before. So that's one little gift. And I mean, I don't know if these are gifts or if they're just part of so much has shifted. Are they just part of the multidimensional experience? I think they are, right? I used to think multidimensional being, when am I going to be a multidimensional being? When am I going to ride in my spaceship with my laser guns, you know, <laughs> making crop circles wherever I feel like hey, it? I'm going to stop you. You better not be telling me that's not part of the ride. Because <laughs> you want it. Because I'm out. If that's off the table, I'm out. <laughs> and then I just realized, holy cow multi-dimensional is what I'm doing. A mm. couple hours I'm in the healing room, abracadabra, it's not abracadabra, right? It, working with people at these deepest levels of consciousness and watching things shift and people have, you know, new opportunities. And then I'm, you know, in a community meeting and there's, you know, the old stuff, that, but I'm navigating it different. And then I'm like somewhere flipping, just flipping to different dimensions, I guess that this is what they are. And, and again, that observing and that being able to be in stillness allows that anchoring to do that more and more and more. I mean, it's exhausting at times until I have the capacity to just do it automatically, but that's what I'm watching happen. It's no ride in a spaceship. <laughs> it's saying yes and showing up and expanding the capacity to, to flip, right? To be present in different, I don't think environment is the right word, in different it's not pods. Reality, I guess. Yeah. Well, that was are, last we are, week. We are building our spiritual muscles, right? You said it is exhausting and it is. I, I absolutely agree with you being able to bounce between all those things. And because you, you do go into a different vibration every time you drop into a different space, you know, in your healing room, there's this vibration, a community is this vibration, a different community will be another vibration and you're bouncing between these and it it is exhausting. And I think that's where the spiritual muscle development comes in that, you know, we go to the gym and work out our physical muscles, but to be a multidimensional healer, human, 
that's where we're strengthening our spiritual muscles to be able to hold it. Like you said, that, that hold it for the long game to the point where it actually does just kind of become part of who we are and what we do. And then you don't even realize that it's gifts anymore. It's just who you are and how you show up. Right. Right. And, and even if it is for everybody, right? Even if everybody has the ability to un, to open it, that doesn't mean it's not a gift. Right. You know, and it's a gift you've given yourself by doing the work, by opening yourself. Yeah. A gift, a gift that you buy for yourself is can be just as precious as a gift that somebody else gives you. So just right. because everybody has access to it doesn't make it any less special. So when people come to see you, you said you have a healing room. What could somebody expect or or what what are some of the things that you like to work with to help people transform? So for a few years, it was mostly remote. I had a corporate job and then it was remote. And so I I did things remote. And now that I'm in a, a smaller community, it's a mix. And so what I can say people can expect is that I meet them where they're at and they get exactly what they need, whatever it is. So everyone's different. And that's also part of that multidimensionality, right? <laughs> One day it's someone who's never had anything a hand laid on them. They don't even know the words, but they want something. And then there's, you know, the other spectrum of it. So that requires that versatility too. So I, I, I think what I, what, what I am finding is really the tool that I like the most, and there are a lot, is the presence, is the conversation, right? That, that alone is so healing to just sit and listen. People don't have that. People don't have the safe space to say whatever they need to say or to not even have the words but then the words come forth as we engage, right? Because the frequency, again, is holding all of this together and allowing shifting and changing and awareness and observations. So that's actually one of my favorite parts is just to the connecting. And from there, then I'm shown where someone needs to go. So mostly people who haven't had any experience of healing, they get hands-on so that there's hands on their body. They can feel the energy and I can have a better sense of what's what's going on. And so that connection is made and that energetic, I guess, footprint is created before they move to other things, right? So the other things could be, I have frequency technology. I have this awesome sound table. So it's water and you lay on that and you listen and it's like being in the most purest womb you could ever imagine. So that's super cool. And then there's other modalities that I use. It just, and sometimes it's a mix and a match, right? Sometimes it, it's just, it depends. And that's the fun part of it. I don't have this one thing. It's, I get to just pull. And sometimes I'm told to do things and I'm like, what? <laughs> what? But it works, right? So. I think that also is the sign of a master healer when there is no framework. You know, when somebody comes in, you can assess exactly where they're at in the moment and you're guided to give them what they need in that moment. And that means you're out of the structures. You're out of the do this first, then you do this, then you do this. You know, like when you're taught in school or when you go to massage or Reiki classes, whatever it is, they give you a structure. 
But once you can get to the point, you know, with what you just described, that is a level of mastery, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, th- that is part of why we invited you to come and write this book, because we are trying to bring healers that can hold that vibrational frequency where they can bring their own medicine that they've created from their heart and trust their channel. You know, I think those are two really important things when you're, when you're looking for healers or you're looking for people or mentors or whatever, whatever word you want to use when somebody needs assistance. These are the kind of people that we want to say, Hey, we know some people that can help you that are, that are not just starting. And everybody does have their place to start. It is part of the process. But with this project, with the intent that we sent, we wanted to call in the master healers. So we're we're very blessed to have you to be part of our team. Well, thank you so much. And this is a beautiful full circle around because I've been like this for a long time. And in the old mindset, I would be like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> I don't do this like everyone. Oh my God, what when am I going to get it together? You know, and, right. and it's actually perfect. It is exactly what's needed for this exactly. place, space, and time, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the, you know, when you aren't at mastery, you know, what, what Angel's saying is when you're not at mastery, you still have to follow somebody else's rules. And and it all just comes down to our agreements as to what mastery looks like. Just like it comes down to like, well, what are we here to do? We we get caught up in this. Well, I, I need my my perfect purpose and I need my perfect plan and I need my my perfect modality of healing that's meant for me to do for everybody. But then we create ideas around what that looks like, like the conversation that we had in Teo. If you've done so much amazing work on clearing past timelines and family trauma and, and wounding over generations, and and I just offered up the suggestion that what if what if that's all you were here to do and you've done so much of it? Like, what if you're done? Like, what if you did what you agreed to come here for and the rest of your time here is just, now you get to just hang out at the beach Play. and drink Mai Tais and shit <laughs> or whatever is fun for you. <laughs> I think that's the deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that and, sounds pretty and good. Then, and then you just get to play with the energies. And, and yes. what if the same is true with, with being a healer? We get this, we get all these ideas in our head about, well, to be a healer, you have to have X number of hours of practice, or you need to learn these modalities from people that have learned them. But every modality that we touch or that touches us came from what most people would consider nowhere. Came from the ether source, yeah. To somebody who said, Oh, that's that's source. That's the universe. That's God sharing something with me. I need to share this with everybody else. You know, Usui, yeah. what's this? The Usui system of, of Reiki. Yeah. That, he just got this download about universal energy and how to manage it. Well, now it's probably one of the most widely used modalities for healing, widely accepted. I should say modalities of healing. It came from nowhere. So who's to say that what what we do as healers needs to be something that we learn from somebody else. That's the stepping stone. That's the get your, get that's your foot the, in the water. That's the gateway. Yeah, the gateway, <laughs> right? The gateway healing. And once right. you make that connection, <laughs> then it starts just coming through you. Yeah. And what you're doing is connecting directly with source. You're cutting out the middleman. You no longer need to be told, you know, 
read a step, do a step, eat a banana, as one of my mentors used to say. You just do it. But I, I can relate to your space very much because I, I can lay my hands on people and my hands just kind of go do weird things. And I just thought it was like, yeah, whatever. I'm just just touching people. Like I just kind of played with it in my younger years. But with, with Angel, who is very experienced at hands-on healing, she goes, what you're doing is high level stuff that we teach people. And I'm like, I could translate it for him because I knew what he was doing. Right. Yeah. But I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. My, I'm just doing whatever. My, I just let, I just get out of my own way and let my hands go where they want to go. You know, and the same thing when I, when I dabble in other, in other modalities. So, but I didn't appreciate that about myself, but I was channeling it until I had Angel to show me that, to reflect that back to me. So all of that being said, another reflection back to you is this idea of you are in a mastery position. You are a creator of your own mastery. You're no longer trying to become good at what somebody else does. And what higher level of mastery can you get than being the creator of your own healing modality? Wow, that's beautiful. Well, and and I think that is one of the plights that that us healers on the planet walk through is that am I good enough space? Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's one of our final initiations to go through as a master healer is I am good enough and I also know nothing. I am the channel. I am the hollow bone. Mm -hmm. It comes through me. It isn't me. Yes. Right. So there's that other piece of humility that comes in as well when we do this work that yes and for me, it's like, I'm at mastery of listening to my channel. I'm at mastery of my, my soul basket. I open up and get out of the way and let spirit move through me because we can't, we can't heal without our channel. So yeah, digging in even a little bit deeper. I think there is a piece of the mastery comes with learning how to navigate our soul basket, our avatar. But in order to do that, we do have to walk the hero's journey and clear it out so that there is more space for light. There is more space for us to hold that container and that presence and do it consistently. It's a whole process that we're all trying to learn and navigate the best that we can. And I think once we're at this level, it's important to talk about and reflect back to each other about where we feel the mastery is and knowing that we still don't know everything. It's that, that beginner's mind as we move forward to what the next steps are, because we never know. It's living in the mystery. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think for, for you and me that when she talks about being in the channel, I think also just verbiage and understanding verbiage for, for listeners. And there's lots of different ways to describe that. It's just that, you know, it's presence. It's that zero point that you, that you talk about. Yeah. That's that, your language for it. That just being so present that you're not, you're not being influenced by your mind, 
thinking about the past or your mind leading into the future. You're just present in that moment connecting to life. And that it without an emotional attachment to anything like that's the ultimate detachment point is, is in that channel in that zero point in that presence in the now. And the more we practice being the there, the more we can then invite that to come through and be that, be the healer, be the, like, like I said, not, not necessarily be the healer, just be the vessel that the healing comes through. Yes. So when we talk about mastery, it's not an ego space. It's not like, oh, I've, I'm the best at what I do. It's a, I've gotten to where I can allow it to come through me. That's the, probably the only real thing to worry about mastering. Because mm -hmm. then all the other tools that we've picked up, the other knowledge that we've picked up, we're no longer allowing those things to be in charge. We're allowing them to be at our disposal instead of them being instead of being at their disposal. Creates a much more powerful healing environment. And it shifts the perspective of healing too. From even very subtle, I'm going to fix you. I mean, I never said that, but that subtlety was there. Okay, you know, mm -hmm. to, to let me, let me support you show you help you remember how to do it yourself right. right that's the shift not only does it not come from me but the the ask now the responsibility is to empower people so they're not coming back every week right? Right. i want to see you every week i don't need a full calendar right that you know and i've always been like that you know and, and so, you know, you slowly remember and activate your own healing capabilities and your own sovereignty and your own ability, right, to wield that magic wand in your own life. Yes, absolutely. Well, we sure have enjoyed having you being part of this project and with the book launching so soon, it's going to be very exciting to see where this collaborative baby takes off and does its own thing in the world. And I just loved your chapter. And I'm so grateful for you saying yes to this project. And we'll see where it brings us in the future. Yes. Very excited. Very excited to see. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very grateful to have you in my life, have you in our life. I love the way things work out when we say yes. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Lots of yeses. Yes. Thank you for joining us today. And for our viewers, go check out our book and remind us again what chapter yours was. It's chapter 12. Chapter, chapter 12, Recapitulation, Birth, Zero Point, Stillness. Beautiful. Thank you for thank you for joining us today. Yes. Okay, blessings to both of you. Much love. Yes, all my love. All our love. And to the listeners, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for sharing your time and energy with us. The best way to help us spread this message is to rate, review, and subscribe. If this episode impacted you in any way, share it with others. Post about it on social media 
or put something in the comments. Also check out our website for upcoming events and books at www.roarrevolution.com. All our gratitude and love. All our love. See you soon.